Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. A quick note before we begin. This month sees the release of two new books from Manowaker Studio and CB Drogi. The first, Peacemaker and Other Stories, is a collection of over 30 stories anchored by a previously unpublished novella. The second is Recycled Comics, Volume 1 which collects the first three issues of Recycled Comics, available online at recycledcomics.manawaker.com, into a single printed volume. Both of these books are available at your Amazon. Now for this week's story, Smoke, by Peter J. Stavros. The fire took everything, Mama told us, as I'd never seen her. Shaken, when she was always the strongest in the family. Had to be, with Daddy gone. We were staying at this shelter downtown, left there by the Red Cross, huddled together in a corner wrapped in scratchy blue blankets, after being plucked off in the middle of the night, still in our PJs and bare feet, clutching at each other in the confusion, rescued from the raging inferno, a burst of bright oranges and yellows punctuating the bleak horizon. Mama's face was ashen, her eyes watery, with a frailty to her manner that frightened me, made my heart race and my stomach twist in knots. I didn't understand what Mama meant by everything. I couldn't process the enormity of it. Everything back then to me, when I was but six, was a stuffed animal collection, mostly bears and bunnies, and the two-story dollhouse Daddy had built for me one Christmas. That one Christmas right before he went away. And my bed, of course. I loved my bed. My delicate four-poster bed with flowing pink silk canopy straight out of a fairy tale. That was everything to me. That was my world. Until it was snatched away, along with everything else, by a cigarette left burning in a full ashtray. We ended up moving to a tiny apartment above the steakhouse where Mama hosted and waited tables until insurance could come through with somewhere permanent for us to live somewhere we could properly call our home, which took a while, longer than expected, red tape or lapsed payments, something like that. Mama spared me most of the details since I was the youngest. All I really remembered was that smell when we returned to the scene a couple days later, to root around for anything worth saving, for any of our possessions that might have miraculously survived, tiptoeing through the ruins of what we used to call our home. That smell, that distinct, disheartening smell, burnt, just burnt, burnt everything, our entire existence burnt and gone. That smell of smoke was nauseating, it was suffocating, it reached down deep inside of me to choke my last breath, to smother My spirit, it coated my clothes, my skin. I couldn't purge myself of it. Scrubbing in the sink with peppermint lye soap, my fingertips turning flat and pruny, the hot water steaming over the bathroom mirror. That smell of smoke was everywhere, on the most minuscule, the silver locket I uncovered amidst a pile of charred wood where my dresser had stood with oval black-and-white photos of Mama and Daddy smiling, 
toothy grins, hopeful expressions, hair combed perfectly, not a strand out of place, beautiful, handsome, that Mama pushed aside when I proudly presented her with it. An accomplishment, I thought. A minor accomplishment, but still. Mama just turned her nose up, said she didn't reckon why she had held on to that thing and I could keep it if I wanted. And I wanted, even with that smell. There were moments, as I lay curled up on a fold-out cot in that tiny apartment above the steakhouse, with Mama still downstairs pulling an extra late shift, when the cigarette smoke from the lounge where the people gathered to drink and chatter until their tables were ready was able to waft its way up through the vents, slither in from the floorboards and snake its way under the covers. I would jolt wide awake, bolting straight upright, that smell yanking me back into those smoldering embers where our life once was. I couldn't sleep after that. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how I squinted my eyes shut and thought good thoughts and imagined happy places, not until Mama came in when her shift was done and held me in her arms, whispering that everything was going to be all right, that everything was going to be all right over and over and over, so that I managed to believe her. It was that same smell of smoke, that stale smell of smoke that jolted me one other time, many, many years later, married with children of my own, when Charlie announced, unceremoniously and apropos of nothing, that he was leaving me. Just like that, he up and announced that he was leaving me for that young blonde tart of an assistant from the office, who I assumed was just an assistant from the office, but how was I to know, and shame on me for not knowing? Charlie always thought he could sneak cigarettes without me realizing. He would step out on the stoop, usually at night after the kids were settled in, and sit there dragging on Marlboro Reds, staring at the sky, pondering life or what not, I supposed. I would spy him down there from the upstairs bathroom while I was washing my face, the smoke lazily rising, graceful curlicues, particularly in the summer, the typical humid Louisville August with the window open to coax the air to circulate inside. When he was finished, dragging and staring and pondering all he needed to, he would stuff a palmful of hard candies into his mouth before he came to bed, as if that would cover it, that smell of smoke, as if I would be none the wiser. I never said anything. Why embarrass him? Who was I to say anything anyway? We all had something stale we tried to cover with something sweet. And I didn't say anything to Charlie when he announced, unceremoniously and apropos of nothing, reeking of cigarettes because he'd been out on the stoop longer than normal, no doubt pondering how to break the news that he was leaving me. What was I supposed to say? I sure as shit wasn't going to beg that son of a bitch to stay. I silently gathered his belongings, not all of them, mind you, because Charlie was well-traveled and had quite a bit. Whatever I could carry in a heap against my chest, and marched around the corner to the dumpster behind the old Sears, and I tossed them in and burned them, lit them up with Daddy's Zippo lighter that had a picture of the pin-up girl in the skimpy polka-dot bikini, a burst of bright oranges and yellows punctuating the bleak horizon. Charlie was incensed, absolutely furious, called me all sorts of names, cursed me into next week. But that was it, and nothing more. He got the message, 
he understood. He was no longer home, and he left, sending his red-faced boozy cousin for the rest of his belongings, and good riddance. I knew I could go it alone if I had to, always had, because I'd seen how Mama had done it. And I did. Smoke again directing me toward a different course, both my nemesis and my old companion, even if I never could stand that smell. This has been Smoke, written by Peter J. Stavros, and first appearing in The Dead Mule School of Southern Literature. Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by Manowaker Studios' patrons on Patreon, the voluntary pay-what-you-want subscription service. Patrons get perks like access to patron-only stories and behind-the-scenes info. Higher tiers grant a subscription to Manowaker Books, or even an honorary title within the studio. You can become a patron for only a dollar a month, and every patron is greatly appreciated. For more information, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening.